It's time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. We answer your questions and read your comments on all things LA Kings and crown our king of feedback for this week on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We would love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. It is time for another LA Kings fan feedback show. We've got lots of questions and comments and a new feature starting this week. We will crown our king of feedback and uh, hand out a special award for that. Um, we're going to do that uh, every week going forward. And sorry, I wasn't smart enough to think about that uh, for all of our great emailers and YouTube posters that we've had in the past, but a new feature going forward. Uh, and we will crown a king of feedback coming up at the end of the show. Let's get though right into the, the uh, feedback. We had a lot of emails this week I want to try and get to. So we'll start with Jesse in Visalia. And uh, I like to call him Cousin Jesse because he has the same last name as me. He is from the Central Valley in California where I grew up. And uh, well, it's possible. Maybe he's a cousin. Who knows? Uh, he says, next episode has to be about Brownie in the Hall of Fame. Keep up the fantastic job. I still listen and watch every show and counting the days to the start of the season. Well, Jesse, we don't have to wait until the next show. We're going to do it right now. If you didn't see the news today, it was announced that former LA Kings captain Dustin Brown will be part of the 2023 U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame class. The Hall of Fame ceremony will be December 6th in Boston uh, in 2012. Dustin Brown became just the second American captain to hoist the Stanley Cup when the LA Kings won it for the first time. He did it again in 2014. Uh, earlier this year, of course, he was uh, a part of a ceremony at Crypto.com Arena that saw him get his number 23 raised to the Raptors and also had a statue put outside the arena as well. Uh, Dustin Brown ranks seventh amongst uh, U.S.-born skaters all-time in games played with 1,296. He's one of just 10 American forwards all-time that has played in uh, 1,200 or more games and scored 300 or more goals. Uh, Brown also represented the U.S. in two Olympics, four world championships, and two world junior championships. He won an Olympic silver medal and a bronze at the world juniors. He was captain of the U.S. team at the 2009 world championships. Obviously, congratulations to Dustin Brown. Well-deserved honor. Uh, I have said that he's one of the greatest L.A. Kings of all time, in my opinion, and I absolutely think he is a U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer. And not to try and throw any kind of cold water on this whatsoever, I still don't think Dustin Brown is a Hockey Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I believe the Hockey Hall of Fame should be for the legends, the best of the best. And while Dustin Brown had a phenomenal career, a career that many 
NHL players would love to have. I'm I, just my opinion. I don't think Dustin Brown is one of the all-time great hockey players of all time, and that's who I I believe deserved to go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, you've probably heard this before, but I'll repeat it. I think Dustin Brown would be the hot would be in the Hall of Fame of very good, but not the Hall of Fame of great. Right? Like like I said, best of the best go in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Dustin Brown, phenomenal career, great great career. But in my opinion, the the guys that go in the Hockey Hall of Fame should be guys that when you think of their career, they were amongst the best of the best of their era at their position. I don't know that you could say that about Dustin Brown. So again, LA Kings Hall of Famer without question. U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer, absolutely. I would not say, though, that Dustin Brown is a Hockey Hall of Famer, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Dustin Brown being honored, going into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. And again, that is absolutely well-deserved. And congratulations, Dustin Brown, one of my favorite all-time L.A. Kings. Uh, so I hope I didn't sound like I was trying to rain on his parade at, at any point there. But I just that's I wanted to throw that out there. But congrats to Dustin Brown uh, on making the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. That is obviously quite an honor. Uh, this comes from Everyday RJ in Long Beach, and he says, How's it, brah? Uh, glad to hear you are back on daily shows, so I have more to listen to during my commute. I know it's tough to come up with subjects this time of year when there is not much going on. I would enjoy hearing from a salary cap expert to talk about how the Kings will fit under the cap and what their cap room is looking like down the road and maybe even some of the latest strategies teams are using to get under the cap. Is there a locked-on salary cap podcast uh, who could maybe team up for an episode? If not, I'm sure you could find someone. As for your shows this week, I enjoyed the discussion of Byfield, although I think it, there's so much talk about him over the last year or so that I have to admit it's getting old. The kid is young. His journey was slowed due to COVID and injuries, and it is always known he was going to be a project anyway. Uh, I say let's be patient and see how uh, this it goes this year, although I don't consider this a make-or-break year for him. Uh, he still has plenty of time to catch on. Think of how long it took Kempe and Velarde to blossom, but when they did, they turned out to be great. One quick question. Why do you keep referring to Pierre-Luc Dubois as the second-line center? Dano has been doing well for the Kings. Would it not make uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois the second-line center until he shows that he deserves to be higher? I'm not a Pierre-Luc Dubois hater. I just think that Danny has been doing well for the Kings, and I'm not sure he deserves to be demoted unless he loses his job fair and square. And then he says, Mahalo Nui Loa, which means thank you very much uh, in Hawaiian. And I'm guessing that uh, earlier on that RJ, uh, I mentioned that I was born in Hawaii. Uh, so he's, uh, he's passing that along and along. And by the way, I don't know that I've ever mentioned it on a show, but, uh, uh, thoughts to all those, uh, in Maui, I know the Kings and all the local LA teams had made a donation to, uh, aid those in Maui. And, uh, that was good to see. I don't think I announced it on a show, but, uh, certainly worth mentioning. Um, as for, we do not have a locked on salary cap show or expert to have on the show. And, and you're right. I I'm, I'm sure I could find someone maybe uh, more knowledgeable than me to dissect things as far as the salary cap goes. Um, obviously, the salary cap is not a set number every year. It's something that is supposed to increase uh, going into next season. Um, obviously, the Kings haven't decided yet who they will and will not bring, at, bring back next season because that's going to be based on a lot of how they play uh, this coming season. But for what it's worth, according to capfriendly.com right now, the LA Kings are a little over a hundred thousand uh, dollars uh, in compliance with the cap. They've got about one hundred and twenty-three thousand dollars 
in salary cap space right now. Uh, that's with 21 players currently on the roster. Uh, will all the players uh, be under contract uh, for, for next season? Uh, as it stands right now, the Kings have um, Victor Arvidsson, who we're going to talk more about in a bit, Matt Roy, Cam Talbot, Phoenix Copley, Trevor Lewis will all be unrestricted free agents after this season. Uh, the Kings' restricted free agents will be Quentin Byfield, Arthur Calia, Blake Lazat, Carl Grunstrom, Jarrett Anderson-Dolan, and Jordan Spence. Andre Kopitar's cap hit will go from $10 million this year to $7 million the next two years going forward. Um, so there's those are the issues right now with the salary cap as it stands. So um, as far as the uh, the comment about Pierre-Luc Dubois being the second-line center over Philip Deneau, um, I hear what you're saying. I think Philip Deneau has been a, a great soldier. Um, I just think when you look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, he's making $3.5 million per season more than Philip Deneau, so you've invested more in him. You're going to have more responsibility on him, and he has better numbers than Philip Deneau. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois is averaging over his six seasons in the NHL, about 20 goals and 50 points per season. Whereas uh, Philip Deneau in nine NHL seasons, averaging over his career, about 11 goals and 33 points per season. Last year, Pierre-Luc Dubois, 27 goals, 63 points last season for Philip Deneau, 18 goals and 54 points. So, uh, the investment being made, the numbers, um, I think would all dictate that Pierre-Luc Dubois is, uh, going to be the second line center. I think his skill level deserves it. Um, and just think how much better the Kings third line will be with Philip Deneau centering the third line. So I don't, I mean, you can look at it as a demotion. Um, and I'm sure if he had his choice that Philip Deneau would prefer to stay as the uh, number two center. But I think he understands uh, what Pierre-Luc Dubois brings to the table, the investment the Kings have made. So it's not really that uh, controversial of an opinion that Pierre-Luc Dubois will be the second-line center for the Kings this season. Uh, this comes from Chris. Uh, he is in parts unknown, so I'm going to guess Chris is in Culver City. Uh, he talks about what it would take for the Kings to have a successful season this year, which is a show we had this week. Um, he says, win a playoff series against the Oilers, or better yet, the Broken Knights. Uh, he also says, go to the conference finals. This is the only way that I will view this season as undoubtedly a success, even if it's the Oilers who end our run. And number three says lose in the first round in seven games against the number one seed in the West. All those things in his mind, if they happen, would be successful seasons still for the LA Kings. But he says the season will be determined a failure if the Kings lose in the first round, especially if they are a higher seed. The Kings lose in any conference final series against the Oilers, or if the Kings lose in less than seven games in the first round or lose at all to the number two seed or lower. Um, yeah, I think there are probably some qualifiers for the Kings as far as if they were to lose in the first round, is it possible you could still deem the season a success? I think it's unlikely. Um, but if, if they were to let's say the Kings turned out to be a wild card and they end up facing the number one seed in the West, and every game was a one-goal game, and maybe there were a couple of overtime losses, and it goes seven, then I guess you could you could paint that as still a very successful season for the LA Kings, but there's some real specific circumstances that would have to happen. Maybe if the Kings were really hit hard by injuries and they fought and gutted their way into the playoffs and had a hard-fought first-round series, even though they were shorthanded, maybe under that circumstance you could look at it and say it was successful, I guess, but 
overall, I still think, uh, barring some real specific circumstances, the Kings lose in the first round of the playoffs, uh, that's going to be uh, obviously unsuccessful. And I think that the Kings would look to make some changes, particularly behind the bench, uh, if that turns out to be the case. We've got some more emails to get to. And we'll try to get to some YouTube comments as well. Coming up here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, football season just kicked off this past Thursday night, and we've got our first Sunday of NFL action coming up. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every time that team wins in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory during the regular season. You can use your bonus bets on point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, we've got some uh, more emails to get to. Uh, this one comes from Brian and he is in Cave Creek, Arizona. He says, Eddie, I love the show. Uh, would really like for you to do a show on the prospects in Ontario, not so much on their progress but how they manage day-to-day life i read that when in the minors they actually uh, only get paid about seven hundred seventy-five thousand dollars after taxes and agent fees that's not a lot in southern california is the rain able to help them with housing and transportation or are they pretty much on their own seems pretty tough trying to get to the nhl while living paycheck to paycheck also on a sidebar uh, i'm a retired beer league player in phoenix what are the ice times like in socal main reason i stopped uh playing was that there were only eight sheets of ice in phoenix so ice times were anywhere from 9 30 p.m to 1 a.m which makes it hard when you have to get up at 5 30 for work just curious what it's like where you are thanks and again that was from brian in cave creek arizona which i'm guessing is in and around the phoenix area um well first off one of the things that i would like to do a better job on locked on la kings going into this season is to try and get some players on the show Uh, Frankly, uh, getting some Kings players to come on the show will be difficult, but I've talked with Jared Schaffron. He is the Ontario Reigns manager of communications and content. He's been a guest on this show, and he said he is open to trying to get us some of the Kings prospects playing in Ontario. So we hope to do that this season, and I will certainly ask them um, kind of what their day-to-day life is like as a a player trying to make it to the uh, NHL as for uh, LA area beer league hockey. I've been playing locally for around 20 years. Still not very good, but I still love it. Um, I I currently skate at the skating edge in Harbor city uh, and at the rinks at Lakewood Uh, Harbor city rink has one sheet of ice. We play on Sundays. Games are usually from like 10 PM to uh, or excuse me, like 1 PM to 10 PM. And then at at, uh, in Lakewood, they've got three sheets of ice and we play Fridays and Saturdays, usually from anywhere from 5 PM to 10 p.m. Uh, I, I was thinking about all the rinks that I played at in Southern California, uh, and I, I just was going to list them real quick. Uh, some people probably have no interest in this at all, but I, I started out playing in Culver City. Uh, that rink is no longer running. You've got Paramount, Garden Grove, Yorba Linda, Aliso Viejo, KHS in Anaheim, Anaheim Ice, Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, where the Kings practice. Uh, there's a little rink in Rolling Hills that they play like three-on-three hockey league. Um, you've got great park in Irvine, a new facility that opened up. They've got like five sheets of ice. That's where the ducks practice. So I played in a lot of different rinks. Um, so it's, it's not too bad. Uh, there's a lot of places to skate here in Southern California. Uh, and usually 
depending on when you play. It's usually like, um, you know, late evening, but we, I don't know that we've had too many 1 a.m. games uh, where, where we've played. So it's not too bad. Uh, this is from Edwin in Orange County, and he says, quack country, sadly. Uh, he says, did you know the Kings inaugural season? They actually did not start at the Forum. They split their home games until the Forum opened, playing six games at the Long Beach Arena, including their first ever game, a 4-2 win over fellow expansion team Philadelphia on October 4th, 1968. The other venue was the LA Memorial Sports Arena. Kings lost to the same Flyers in their first game at the Forum, 2-0 in uh, 1967. He said the next day the Kings had to travel to Philly to play the same Flyers team the next day. Crazy scheduling back then. Uh, the Kings, along with the Lakers, played at the Forum until 1999, where both the then both teams moved to Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena. He says, I always wondered how it was watching a Kings game at the Fabulous Forum. I have seen the Lakers and other events there. Uh, however, not a Kings game. I heard stories from older Kings fans that they loved the Forum since you were closer to the ice and the environment was more intimate for hockey. Uh, a couple of side notes. I learned that the and when the Forum opened, ushers wore Roman togas. Uh, also, when the Kings uh, debuted, uh, the Kings were given the colors purple and gold or Forum blue and gold. If you listen to Jack Kent Cook, their owner, who also changed the Lakers colors from blue and white to purple and gold. He says the final note is that the Kings are the only NHL team to have three venues still active today. Long Beach Arena, the Kia Forum, and now Crypto.com Arena. Thanks for reading my email. Hope it gave you and your Kings fans a history lesson and a trip down memory lane. Go Kings, go. Uh, Edwin, that was uh, certainly uh, an informative and interesting email. Um, I did not know that the Kings played their first games uh, at the Long Beach Arena and then the LA Memorial uh, Sports Arena uh, near the Coliseum. So that was interesting. Uh, the ushers were togas for the first few games. That's interesting. If you If you don't know, obviously the Coliseum in LA where the USC football team plays. That's a kind of an homage to the, the, the Coliseum in Rome and the forum uh, is also kind of patterned after, you know, old Roman uh, places where they would like what uh, perform plays and, and people would gather and things like that. So I did not know that the ushers wore togas for, uh, for that. That's interesting. I also didn't know that the, uh, the, the Lakers changed their colors from blue and white to blue and gold uh, after the Kings. So very interesting uh, email from Edwin, who I, I met one time at a Kings game, and he's younger than me. So uh, good stuff knowing your history about the LA Kings. Uh, this comes from Gary. He is in Court d'Alene, Idaho. He says, first off, I wanted to point out you've been doing a great job pronouncing the city that I live in. Well, thank you. Uh, he says, second, as is customary with my emails, I attached a photo. You had mentioned that you had attended two Metallica concerts at SoFi. The photo is of me playing at the Troubadour with my heavy metal band, child saint back in 1986 that's me atop the drums and i looked at the picture and he's wearing spandex yeah that was some hairband 80s stuff back then he says now to king's hockey i have read a lot on different king's forums about how bad the pierre luc Dubois trade was that the king gave up too much every person from winnipeg who has checked in these uh, forums has praised pld and said the king's got a real good one as with any trade time will tell i believe the kings are as strong if not stronger down the middle than they were in their cup years, he says, Kopitar stole Carter Richards, Kopitar, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Deneau, and Lazat. Uh, he says, my predictions for the line combinations, and I'd like to know your thoughts. Byfield, Kopitar, Campe, line one, line two, Kaliev, Dubois, and Fiala, line three, more Deneau, Arvidsson, with the fourth line, Grunstrom, Lazat, Lewis, Anderson, uh, Anderson, Dolan, and F Fogimo. 
defensive pairs, Dowdy and Anderson, Gavra Coburn Roy, and Bjorn Foot, Clark, Spence, Eklund. Uh, he says, uh, at uh, the last, I have tickets for the Spokane Chiefs against the Prince George Cougars for December the 2nd at Spokane Arena, where I'll be able to get a look at King's 2023 draft pick, uh, Cohen Zemer. As always, thank you for all you do, and keep uh, thanks for keeping me uh, an everydayer. Uh, well, thanks for that email, Gary. Um, first off, I did go online and I listened to your old band, Child Saint, a little bit. Kind of reminded me of a little bit of Iron Maiden maybe a little bit of Dio uh, back in the day. Uh, one quick note, I'll be going to Power Trip in Indio in October, a three-day event, Iron Maiden, Guns N' Roses, day one. Uh, and you've got um, Judas Priest, ACDC, day two, and Metallica and Tool on day three. So there's that coming up for me. Uh, so it's a big concert uh, year for me. I usually don't go to that many. But anyway, as for the hockey talk, um, yeah, I've seen some other people also talk about having Arthur Kaliev on the second line and Victor Arvidsson on the third line. Uh, so that would be interesting if that comes to fruition. That would be a huge, huge opportunity for Arthur Kaliev getting top six minutes. Uh, if he, if he can do that, uh, and be on that second power play unit, uh, he, I, he, he would be in line to have a big year, but I'm going to have to, I'll believe that when I see it, I, I expect Arthur Kaliev, and I don't have a problem with any of the lines you suggested at all. Um, I think you're going to be very close to what it turns out to be. That's the one thing that I'd be wondering. I, I, I think Victor Arvidsson plays on the second line and Arthur, uh, Arthur Kaliev plays on the third line. But we shall see. I've seen others suggest, as you did, that it could be Arvidsson on that second – or, uh, I'm sorry, Kaliev on that second line. Uh, this comes from Jim and Lakewood. He says, I was totally digging the Ottawa show with Ross Levitan. It was the best one yet, in my humble opinion, of the shows that you've had on with other Locked On hosts. Uh, there's certainly a lot of drama over the summer, and the year is looking up for hockey fans here in SoCal. Anaheim will be stronger, and that'll make our team push even more. I personally love the Talbot and uh, Phoenix Copley combo. I think it's a badass mix of styles for sure. Definitely glad that Peterson was jettisoned. Overall, the moves the GMs have made, I'm not quite 100% sure that I'm down with, but he he's the boss, uh, not me, and it's his team for now. Same with Todd. Let's see you step it up as well, TM. Uh, one person I wish they didn't get rid of was Brendan Lemieux. He had a snarky puppy thing, and I feel like even though they got a tad more of that in the trade with Columbus, that he would have been a grounding effect for the team moving forward. Again, I'm not the GM. Wish him all the best in Philly. Great place for him. They will love his attitude. Thanks again, and go Kings go. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you liked our Locked on Senators uh, show. We got a lot of good feedback. On that show, Ross Levitan, again, does a great job over there on Locked on Sins. Try and have him on again or have me on his show coming up when the Sins and, and Kings meet in the regular season. Um, I liked Brendan Lemieux a lot two years ago. Not so much last year. He's one of those guys, he's got to chip in something offensively. It can't just be about the sandpaper element because that's not enough to keep him in the lineup, in my opinion, in today's NHL. Um, and it seemed like when he wasn't producing offensively, he tried to kind of go overboard on the other stuff to try and justify him being in the lineup, and it just didn't work out. And then the Kings' lack of having a good penalty kill and him taking penalties, I just it wasn't a great season for Brandon Lemieux. We'll see what he does in Philadelphia. They're not a good team. He should get a lot more minutes uh, there than he did here. But, uh, yeah, glad you enjoyed that, uh, that uh, interview that we had with the host of Locked On Centers. We're going to get to a few of your YouTube comments here in a moment here on Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. 
Hey, check out Locked On NHL to stay up to date on everything going on around the National Hockey League with debate and analysis of the latest news in the NHL. That's Locked On NHL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a couple of YouTube comments I wanted to get to. Uh, this one comes from Brian Henderson, 643. He says, hey, Eddie, uh, I'm an everyday listener. In my opinion, we have to trade Arbitson by the deadline at the latest. His contract is up after the season, and while he's an important factor for the offense last season and will continue to be this season, I see a possible trade with him involved, maybe a draft pick involved, and Alex Turcott as part of it also. Midway through the season, we'll need to get a goalie, and a trade and a trade consisting of those pieces could possibly get a great return, maybe try to add more and go all in for Connor Hellebuck and take another step on being a contender for the Cup. I want to hear your thoughts on the Arvidsson factor because I think a trade will happen just about when it will. Um, well, I'll say this, Brian, I'm not dismissing your idea out of hand. Um, as people know, Victor Arvidsson is going in a contract year. He's a UFA after this season. And there's a lot of people that do feel like the Kings need to upgrade in net at some point later in the year. So that makes some sense. The only issue is what if Arvidsson is having a great year and really is a key part of the Kings offense doing well on the power play as well. And the Kings are having a great year. You really don't want to do anything to kind of upset the apple cart, right? In that situation, but you also don't want him to walk for nothing. So there's a lot of things that factor into that. Arthur Kaliev could certainly factor in that as well. If he's having a great year, maybe you feel like you could uh, get rid of Arvidsson, have Kaliev kind of fill his role and upgrade in net. It's certainly possible. Uh, again, uh, there's a lot of people that do feel like the Kings, if they're going to be a Stanley Cup contender, are going to have to do something late in the year to upgrade in net. But hey, what if Cam Talbot reverts to his form that he had two years ago when he was in Minnesota and is having a great season? then I think you don't do anything to to change things if, if the Kings are playing well. So it depends on a lot of things, um, but your uh, idea, your opinion that Arvidsson could be traded to upgrade a net later in the year, it's not a crazy idea. It's not a crazy idea. Uh, this one comes from Aquaman01. He says, hot take based on Rob Blake's cold tactical moves uh, to this point. I predict that Brandon Clark replaces Matt Roy after the season and they let Arvidsson walk with Kaliev or maybe Turcotte replacing him both after this coming season with the salary cap going up next offseason, they would have enough money to trade for an elite goalie. What do you think? Is it possible or are they waiting on a likely uh, on the likely emergence of Eric Portillo? Again, a um, lot of moving parts there. We have to wait and see. We have to wait and see how Eric Portillo would play this season in the AHL. If he absolutely kills it and looks like he's a surefire NHL goaltender, then yeah, maybe you you look to roll the dice and uh, you know maybe you bring back Victor Arvidsson and Matt Roy and you you obviously have uh, you know a couple of goalies or a goalie walk. Um, you know, I don't think Brant Clark is going to have a great enough season this year. Although I, I'm really optimistic about his future, to say that he's going to replace Matt Roy, it's not unthinkable. Um, because there is Jordan Spence that could move into that third pairing full time. But I think Brant Clark would have to have a really, really great season and and actually probably be better defensively than we think he's going to be, as well as adding the offense for that to happen. Matt Roy is a really, really good player, and I think the Kings would like to keep him. If it's a choice of him or Arvidsson, I think it would be Matt Roy. Um, but we'll see. Again, uh, a lot of the things uh, mentioned there are definitely things to keep an eye on for this season. Uh, and one more uh, YouTube comment to mention. This comes from B.H. Becca. 
Uh, Brant Clark is going to be in the lineup. He's an offensive stud. He will win the rookie of the year. Uh, he's special and about to embark on a special career. He will elevate our offense and do it on the third pairing. This will make the Kings very dangerous. Well, I'm pretty sure they've already put Connor Bedard's name on the Calder Trophy, so they would have to they would have to scratch that off or remove it. Uh, but uh, if Brent Clark wins Rookie of the Year, uh, that would obviously be a gigantic um, uh, note for the LA Kings this season. Uh, I'm just hoping he's in the discussion. Frankly, um, I, I, I think he would have to have a really special year for that to happen, to be honest with you. But I do think he can contribute. I do think he can get a year of solid NHL action under his belt. I do think he can be a contributor, uh, especially on that second power play unit. So uh, I would be very surprised if he won rookie of the year. But I do agree with you that he is going to be a special player and have a special career for the L.A. Kings. At least that's certainly how. I see it. Uh, we're going to do something new, something we haven't done before. We are going to crown our king of feedback for this week's show. And we had a lot of good emails, a lot of good uh, posts. And again, thank you to everyone who took the time to email, to comment on the YouTube episode, because this show literally is not possible without your contributions. But I'm going to go and crown Edwin in Orange County for all of his information on the history of the Kings and the forum uh, and the colors of the Kings. Uh, that was very interesting and educational. So Edwin in Orange County, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one of these hats that I'm wearing. It's a locked on LA Kings hat for being our King of the feedback for this week's show. And that will do it for this week's show. I'm uh, obviously grateful for you uh, watching and listening this episode of Locked on LA Kings. And again, thanks to everyone for all the feedback this week. Uh, if you ever want to send an email going forward for a feedback show or anything else, it's locked on Eddie at gmail.com. Of course, you can always post your comments on the YouTube channels as well for you everydayers. Those of you that listen and watch every day, of course, we're now back to five days a week, Monday through Friday. Coming up next week, we've got rookie camp starting up. We've got the rookie face-off tournament in Las Vegas getting started. We're going to report on all that. Also, we'll have a rivalry report interview on one of the other teams in the Pacific Division and some more features as well coming up on next week's Locked On LA Kings episode. Uh, we'd love for you to stay connected with the show as well, 24-7, by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of Locked On LA Kings. Hope you had a great week. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. And as always, go Kings go.